Islam wars, all meetings are to be open and closed promptly according to the circle seven in love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. We ask that all Moors please rise and face the east for the Moorish American prayer. All right. Allah. Allah. The Father of the universe. Father of the universe. Father of love. Father of love. Truth. Truth. Peace. Peace. Freedom. Freedom. And justice. And justice. Allah is my protector. Allah is my protector. My guide. My guide. And my salvation. And my salvation. By night and by day. By night and by day. Through his holy prophet. Through his holy prophet. Through Ali. Through Ali. Amen. Amen. All right. Islam Morse. Want to announce that this meeting is now open. This is the Morris Science Temple of America, Muslim Mission 30, Columbus, Ohio. First and foremost, we always rise and get the highest praise to the Most High, our Father God, Allah. We extend honors to our divine prophet, Noble Drali, for bringing us our divine creed and nationality so that we may learn to love instead of hate. We extend honors to the forerunner to the prophet, our brother, Marcus Mosiah Garvey. We also extend honors to all the Adab Sheiks and all the faithful Moors that make up the grand body of the Moors divine national movement. We extend honors to the first appointed Supreme Grand Sheik by our prophet, and that's our brother, Emily Ill, and honors to the current uh, Supreme Grand Sheik and Grand Council of the Moorish Science Temple of America. Also honors to all the faithful Muslims here on this holy day, Islam. Brother Jackson Bay, would you please read our divine constitution? Islam, Sheik, I rise, giving perfect praise to Allah and honors to the prophet, Jurali. Honest to our forefathers and foremothers and honest to the Asiatic nations and the Muslims all over the world. Salvation, Allah, unity, the Morris Science Temple of America, the divine constitution and bylaws. Act 1, the Grand Sheik and the chairman of the Morris Science Temple of America is empowered to make law and enforce law with the assistance of the prophet and the grand body of the Morris Science Temple of America. The assistant Grand Sheik is to assist the Grand Sheik in all affairs if he lives according to love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, and it is known before the members of the Morris Science Temple of America. Act 2, all meetings are to be open and closed promptly according to the Circle 7 in love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Friday is our holy day of rest, because on a Friday the first man was formed in flesh, and on a Friday the first man departed out of flesh and ascended unto his Father God Allah. For that cause, Friday is the holy day for all Muslims all over the world. Act 3, love, truth, Peace, freedom, and justice must be proclaimed and practiced by all members of the Morris Science Temple of America. No member is to put in danger or accuse falsely his brother or sister on any occasion at all that may harm his brother or sister because a lie is love. Act 4. All members must preserve these holy and divine laws, and all, and all members must obey the laws of the government. Being a Morris American, you are part and partial of the government and must live the life accordingly. Act 5. This organization of the Morris Science Temple of America is not to cause any confusion or to overthrow the laws and constitution of the government, but to obey hereby. Act 6. With us, all members must proclaim their nationality, and we are teaching our people their nationality and their divine creed, that they may know that they are part and partial of this said government, and know that they are not Negroes, colored folks, black people, or Ethiopians. 
because these names were given to slaves by slaveholders in 1779 and lasted until 1865 during the time of slavery. But this is a new era of time now, and all men now must proclaim their free national name to be recognized by the government in which they live and the nations of the earth. This is the reason why Allah, the great God of the universe, ordained Noble Juali, the prophet, to redeem his people from their sinful ways. The Moorish Americans are the descendants of the ancient Moabites, whom inhabited the northwestern and southwestern shores of Africa. Act 7. All members must promptly attend their meetings and become part and partial of all uplifting acts of the Moorish Science Temple of America. Members must pay their dues and keep in line with all necessities of the Moorish Science Temple of America. Then you are entitled to the name of faithful. Husband, you must support your wife and children. Wife, you must obey your husband and take care of your children and look after the duties of your household. Sons and daughters must obey father and mother and be industrious and become part of the uplifting of fallen humanity. All Moorish Americans must keep their hearts and minds pure with love and their bodies clean with water. This divine covenant is from your holy prophet, Noah Drew Ali, through the guidance of his father, God Allah, Noah Drew Ali, founder, Moorish American Prayer, Allah, the father of the universe, the father of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Allah is my protector, my guide, and my salvation by night and by day, through his holy prophet, Drew Ali, amen. The Moore Science Temple of America, Home Office, and Noble Drew Ali, Home Office, Chicago, Illinois, USA. Islam, Islam, Islamism. Happy Holy Day, Muslims. All right, Islam and gratitude, brother. Uh, brother Kobe, would you please read our writs? Islam, Grand Sheik. I rise to give perfect praise to our great God, Allah. I rise to give honors to our, pro- uh, excuse me, to the forerunner, Marcus Messiah Garvey. Rise and give honors. Excuse me, starting over. Rise and give perfect praise to our great God, Allah. Rise and give honors to the Prophet Noble Drali. Rise and give honors to the forerunner, Marcus Messiah Garvey. Rise and give honors to all ills and bays, all moors on the call and on the planet. Prophet warns all muscles to be read in every meeting. I hereby inform all members they must end all radical speeches while at work, in their homes, or on the streets. We are for peace and not destruction. Stop flashing your cars of Europeans. It causes confusion. Remember your cars for your salvation. Failure to obey these orders will be a severe consequence. We are for love, truth, peace, freedom. And when these principles are violated, justice must then take its course. Any member or group of members who hold malicious feelings towards the temple or the prophet or violate the divine covenant of the Moorish movement will receive their rewards from Allah for their unjust deeds. All true Moors will and must obey the law laid down to them by their prophet. If they lose confidence in their prophet, they should turn in their card and button, cease wearing their turban and fez, and return to the state where I, the prophet, found you. This is a holy and divine movement founded by the prophet Noble Juali. And the prophet is not right, the temple is not right. The prophet therefore sent out a divine plea to all Moorish Americans they do their part in protecting the prophet and the temple. This is an everlasting movement founded by the prophet through the will of Allah to redeem his people from their sinful ways. Peace. Noble Juali. To the members of the Moorish Science Temple of America, Islam, this is an instruction from your prophet Noble Juali. Be faithful to your forefather divine and national creed that you will be blessed for your good deeds that you sow in the flesh. Allah is the one that judges the world and his judgment is on now, but the weak can comprehend it not. Then the times are drawing near, so says Allah to his divine prophet, I, Noble Juali, and that's why many hearts have turned to stone. Many have eyes to see, but cannot see. 
ears to hear, but cannot hear. At least they'll be confounded of their food. These are trying hours now, dear Lord. And every evil spirit is moving. And they are trying every weak mind to overthrow and drag out the true foundation that has been laid and to cause confusion in the minds of the ones that do believe. But if you have the true love of Allah and the spirit of your forefathers, you fear not what you hear or see. <clears throat> Excuse me. You fear not what you hear or see, but will protect you. Let me start that one over. You fear not what you hear or see, but will sacrifice the utmost of your very life to protect your movement and your prophets. Watch your enemies, dear Morris. Your enemies are the ones that speak against your prophet and ridicule him to the very lowest. And the ones that speak against your divine and national principles of your temples. Act accordingly, and Allah will bless you for your good work. Peace, your divine prophet, noble Drew Ali. To be proclaimed in every meeting. Islam, I am glad to know I have a few faithful Moors among you all, and I desire for them to know the truth and the divine truth. There is a host of jealousy about me and the movement now by the same people of our side of the nation that claimed that I was a joke and unreal. But now since they found out from the government officials and the nations of the earth that this is the only sole foundation that all Asiacs must depend upon for their earthly salvation as American citizens, they are working every scheme that they can to disqualify me so they may take charge of the situation. I have notified all these things to you long ago in the past. It is through the faithful Moors that attribute to the movement and uplifting funds. The ones that pay their divine respects to me and the movement will be remembered. That is why I'm calling upon all faithful Moors to increase their faithfulness to me, your prophet, and your divine Moors movement. I need finance, and I need it badly. Never before have I needed to finance so badly as I do at present so I can shove aside the discord that is facing the nation. It all comes through jealousy because of my fame and nobility. The nations of the world will not recognize the movement without I, the prophet, being head. It has been proven by my works, which I have performed in the past few years. Prophet, noble Jurali, Islam, Islam, Islamism. Happy Holiday, Moscow. Islam and gratitude, brother. Uh, Sister Lachey L., would you please read our additional laws? Islam. Arise and give all praise to the great Father God Allah, honors to the Prophet Noble Jew Ali, honors to the forerunner Marcus Messiah Garvey, honors to all Muslims on the call, and honors to all Muslims around the world. Questionary and additional laws for the Moorish Americans by the Prophet Noble Jew Ali. Act 1. Grand Sheikhs and Governors and Heads of All Temple, All Business. Each said temple must be approved by the Prophet Noble Jew Ali before acting upon by any members, let it be finance, property, or any line of life that will cause the members to sacrifice finance, ETC, that will cause the support of any group of members. Any former officer that violates these laws is subject to be removed from his office under a heavy restriction, ETC, by the profit or the grand sheet. Act two, all members are to attend their EDEP meetings and their public meetings promptly. If a member is found standing around on their meeting period, shall be fined 50 cents on the first case and on the second, he will be fined $1, which will go on your emergency fund. If member is working, his monthly dues must be paid. And if he has money in the bank, he must subscribe for as much as he is able to the more uplifting funds because it takes finance to uplift the nation. Act three, it is the lawful and divine duty of every good member if he is able in finance to aid me in saving the nation. And if he does not, he is an enemy to the cause of uplifting his own people 
and justice must catch you. Let it be he or she according to love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, as I have the power invested in my hands, and I will have to enforce the law in order to save the nation. Act four, all members while up making a public speech must not use any assertion against the American flag or speak radical against the church or any member of any organized group because we are to teach love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Act five, all members must promptly attend their meetings and send their children to Sunday school. And the teacher must confirm himself to the questionnaire and let every member exercise his five senses who is able to do so because out of your Sunday school comes the guiders of the nation. Act six, with us, all members must proclaim their nationality and we are teaching our people their nationality and their divine creed that they may know that they are a part and a parcel of this set government and know that they are not Negroes, color folk, black people or Ethiopians because these names were given to slaves by slaveholders in 1779 and lasted until 1865 during the time of slavery. But this is a new era of time now and all men now must proclaim their free national name to be recognized by the government in which they live and the nations of the earth. This is the reason why Allah, the great God of the universe, ordained noble Juali, the prophet, to redeem his people from their sinful ways. The Moorish Americans are the descendants of the ancient Moabites who inhabited the northwestern and southwestern shores of Africa. Act seven, all members must properly attend their meetings and become a part and a parcel of all uplifting acts of the Moorish Science Temple. Members must pay their dues and keep in line with all necessities of the Moorish Science Temple. Then you're entitled to the name of faithful. Husband, you must support your wife and children. Wife, you must obey your husband and take care of your children and look after the duties of your household. Sons and daughters must obey father and mother and be industrious and become part of the uplifting of fallen humanity. All Moorish Americans must keep their hearts and minds pure with love and their bodies clean with water. This divine covenant is from your holy prophet, Noble Juali, through the guidance of his father God, Allah. Islam, happy holy day, Muslim. All right, Islam, sister, and gratitude. divine warning by the prophet for the nations. The citizens of all free national governments, according to their national constitution, are all of one family bearing one free national name. Those who fail to recognize the free national name of their constitutional government are classed as undesirables and are subject to all inferior names and abuses and mistreatments that the citizens care to bestow upon them. And it is a sin for any group of people to violate the national constitutional laws of a free national government and cling to the names and the principles that delude to slavery. I, the prophet, was prepared by the great God, Allah, to warn my people to resit, repent from their sinful ways and go back to the state of mind to their forefathers' divine and national principles, that they will be law abiders and receive their divine rights as citizens 
according to the free national constitution that was prepared for all free national beings. They are to claim their own free national name and religion. There's but one issue for them to be recognized by this government and of the earth, and it comes only through the connection of the Moorish divine national movement, which is incorporated in this government and recognized by all other nations of the world. And through it, they and their children can receive their divine rights unmolested by other citizens that they can cast a free national ballot at the polls under the free national constitution of the state's government and not under a granted privilege as has been the existing condition for many generations. You who doubt whether I, the prophet, and my principles are right for the redemption of my people, go to those that know the law in the city hall and among the officials in your government and ask them under an intelligent tone and they will be glad to render you a favorable reply for they are glad to see me bring you out of darkness into light. Money doesn't make the man. It is free national standards and power that makes a man and a nation. The wealth of all national governments, gold and silver and commerce belong to the, to the citizens alone. And without your national citizenship by name and principles, you have no true wealth. And I am hereby calling on all true citizens that stand for a free na national free government and the enforcement of the constitution to help me in my great missionary work because I need all support from all true American citizens of the United States of America. Help me to save my people who have fallen from the constitutional laws of the government. I'm depending on your support to get them back to the constitutional fold again, that they will learn to love instead of hate and will live according to love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice supporting our free national constitution of the United States of America. I love my people and I desire their unity and mine back to their own free national and divine standard because day by day they have been violating the national and constitutional laws of their government by claiming names and principles that are unconstitutional. If Italians, Greeks, English, Chinese, Japanese, Turks, and Arabians are forced to proclaim their free national name and religion, before the constitutional government of the United States of America, it is no more than right that the law should be enforced upon all other American citizens alike. In all other governments, when a man is born and raised there and asks for his national descent name, and if he fails to give it, he is misused, imprisoned, or exiled. Any group of people that fail to answer up to the constitutional standards of law by name and principles because to be a citizen of any government, you must claim your national descent name because they place their trust upon issue and names formed by their forefathers. The word Negro deludes in the Latin language to the word nigger, the same as the word colored deludes to anything that is painted, varnished, and dyed. <clears throat> and every nation must bear a national descent name of their forefathers because honoring thy fathers and thy mothers your days will be lengthened upon this earth. These names have never been recognized by any true American citizens of this day. Through your free national name, you are known and recognized by all nations of the earth that are recognized by said national government in which they live. The 14th and 15th Amendments brought the North and South in unit, placing the Southerners who were at that time without power with the constitutional body of power. And at that time, 1865, the free national constitutional law that was enforced since 1774 declared all men equal and free. And if all men are declared by the free national constitution to be free and equal, since that constitution has never been changed, 
There's no need for the application of the 14th and 15th amendments for the salvation of our people and citizens. So there isn't but one supreme issue for my people to use to redeem that which was lost, and that is through the above statements. Then the lion and the lamb can lie down together in yonder hills, and neither will be harmed because love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice will be reigning in this land. In those days, the United States will be one of the greatest civilized and prosperous governments of the world. But if the above principles are not carried out by the citizens and my people in his government, the worst is yet to come. Because the great God of the universe is not pleased with the works that are being performed in North America by my people, and this great sin must be removed from the land to save it from enormous earthquakes, diseases, ETC. And I, the prophet, do herein believe that this administration of the government being more wisely prepared by more genius citizens that believe in their free national constitution and laws, and through the help of such classes of citizens, I, the prophet, truly believe that my people will find the true and divine way of their forefathers and learn to stop serving carnal customs and merely ideas of men that have never done them any good, but have always harmed them. So I, the prophet, am hereby calling aloud with the divine plea to all true American citizens to help me to remove this great sin which has been committed and is being practiced by my people in the United States of America because they know it is not the true and divine way. And without understanding, they have fallen from the true light into utter darkness of sin. And there's not a nation on earth today that will recognize them socially, religiously, politically, or economically, ETC, in their present condition of their endeavorment in which they themselves try to force upon a civilized world. They will not refrain from their sinful ways of action and their deeds have brought Jim Crowism, segregation, and everything that brings harm to human beings on earth. And they fought the Southerner for all these great misuses. But I have traveled in the South and have examined conditions there, and it is the works of my people continuously practicing the things which bring dishonor, disgrace, and disrespect to any nation that lives the life. And I'm hereby calling on all true American citizens for moral support and finance to help me in my great missionary work to bring my people out of darkness into marvelous light. From the prophet. All right, Islam, Moors, Islam, and happy holy day. Um, today we are going to be reading from chapter 43 in our Holy Quran. Um, what we do here, we, we go over the Holy Quran at the Moorish Science Temple of America, and um, we review the lesson, and then we open the floor up to questions. So any questions that anyone has in general, we'll just open the floor up afterwards. So um, let's... Let's go ahead and get started now. Okay, just to rehash, we're in chapter 43. We are speaking about um, <clears throat> holy instructions from the prophet, the insufficiency of knowledge, okay? And as you can see from this um, chart that's up here, chapters 36 through 44, dealing with knowledge of self, um chapter 36 to 38 or 39 dealing with the higher self and then 40 through 44 dealing with the five foes of man or the five inner thieves okay and today we are talking about insufficiency of knowledge so just to put that in the proper perspective just wanted to um show that as a refresher for everyone and um you may have seen this meme that was up here too it's got this quote, 
from I think Carl Jung. I don't I don't remember his first name, but it says no tree. It is said can grow to heaven unless its roots reach down to hell. So we must have a complete understanding of ourselves. And of course, this is information that we're not taught. We're not taught in school. We should be taught this in the different um, um, religions, like as far as, you know, our, our spiritual school. But many times we're not given this understanding, right? Like a true, well-rounded understanding of ourselves, knowing our higher and lower nature. And then especially the understanding that our higher nature, our higher self is connected to the creator, right? That's how the creator is omnipotent and omnipresent omnipotent meaning all-knowing omnipresent meaning everywhere in everything right the higher self is unified with that and so we're getting a truer a more well-rounded understanding of this okay and then understanding that this this portion down here like on the image where you see the roots it's rooted in the earth realm rooted in the physical realm it's not evil it's not bad especially if we have a well-rounded understanding of our higher nature the higher nature is supposed to give directions to the lower nature. Okay. And that's the problem that we're all facing. And that's why we have to deal with different trials and tribulations because we don't have this understanding. Okay. So we're going to speak on this now and Okay, here we go, Morris. Okay, so um, yeah, um, before we get started, so we know that every even page in the Quran says the divine instructions, and then on the odd pages it says from the holy prophet. All right, so these are divine instructions, meaning from God, from the Creator, from Allah. All right, chapter 43, holy instructions from the prophet, the insufficiency of knowledge, right? Knowledge is not good enough. That's what the implication is there, right? Just in that title. If there's anything lovely, if there's anything desirable, if there's anything within the reach of man that is worthy of praise, is it not knowledge? And yet, who is it that attaineth it? All right, let's go back. Okay. Verse two, the statement proclaimeth that he hath it. The ruler of the people this, excuse me, the statesman, sorry about that. The statesman proclaimeth that he hath it. The ruler of the people claimeth the praise of it, but findeth the subject that he possesseth it. Evil is not requisite to man, neither can vice be necessary to be tolerated. Yet how many evils are permitted by the connivance of the laws? How many crimes committed by the decree of the council. But be wise, O ruler, and learn, O thou that art to command the nations, 
One crime authorized by thee is worse than the escape of 10 from punishment. When the people are numerous, when thy sons increase about thy table, sendest thou them not out to slay the innocent and to fall before the sword of him whom they have not offended. If the objects of thy desire demand the lives of a thousand, sayest thou not, I will have it. Truly thou forgetteth that he who created thee created also these, and that their blood is as rich as thine. Sayest thou that justice cannot be executed without wrong. Truly thine own words condemn thee. Thou who flattereth with false hopes the criminal that he may confess his guilt, art not thou unto him a criminal? Art thou guiltless or art thou guiltless because he cannot punish it? When thou commandest to the torture him who is but suspected of evil, darest thou, excuse me, darest thou to remember that thou mayest rack the innocent. That thou, uh, excuse me, sorry, Morris. Is thy purpose answered by the event? Is thy soul satisfied with his confession? Pain will enforce him to say what is not as easy as what is. And anguish hath caused innocence to accuse herself. That thou mayest not kill him without cause. Thou doest work, thou dost worse than kill him. That thou mayest prove if he be guilty, thou destroyest him innocent. O blindness to all truth. O insufficiency of the wisdom of the wise. Know when thy judge shall bid thee account for this. Thou shalt wish 10,000 guilty to have gone free rather than one innocent to stand forth against thee. Insufficient as thou art to the maintenance of justice, how shalt thou arrive at the knowledge of truth? How shalt thou ascend to the footstep of her throne? As the owl is blinded by the radiance of the sun, so shall the brightness of her countenance dazzle thee in thy approaches. If thou wouldest mount onto her throne, first bow thyself at her footstool. Speaking about justice, if thou wouldest arrive at the knowledge of her, first inform thyself of thine own ignorance. Um, that's also why the, in the courtroom, at least, the accused are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. Um, More worth is she than pearls. Therefore, seek her carefully. The emerald and the sapphire and the ruby are as dirt beneath her feet. Therefore, pursue her manfully. The way to her is labor. Attention is the pilot and that must conduct thee into her port. But weary not on the way, for when thou arrive, art arrived at her, the toil shall be to thee for pleasure. Say not unto thyself, behold, truth breedeth hatred, and I will avoid it. Dissimulation raiseth friends, and I will follow it. Are not the enemies made by truth better than the friends obtained by flattery? Nature, uh, excuse me, naturally doth man desire the truth, yet when it is before him, he will not apprehend it. And if it forces itself upon him, he is not offended at it. The fault is not in truth, 
for that is amiable. But the weakness of man beareth not its splendor. Wouldst thou see thine insufficience more plainly, view it thy devotions. To what end was religion instituted, but to teach thee thine infirmities, to remind thee of thy weakness, to show thee that from heaven alone art thou to uh, art thou too good to hope for good? Doth it not remind thee that thou art dust? Doth it not tell thee that thou art ashes? And behold, repentance is it not frailty? When thou givest an oath, when thou swearest thou wilt not deceive, behold, it spreadeth shame upon thy face and upon the face of him that receiveth it. Learn to be just and repentance may be forgotten. Learn to be honest and oaths are unnecessary. The shorter, shorter follies are the better. Say not therefore to thyself, I will not play the fool by halves. He that heareth his own faults with patience shall reprove another with boldness. He that giveth a denial with reason shall suffer a repulse with moderation. If thou art suspected, answer with freedom. Whom should suspicion affright except the guilty? The tender of heart is turned from his purpose by supplications. The proud is excuse me, rendered more obstinate by entreaty. The sense of thine insufficience commandeth thee to hear, but to be just, thou must hear without thy passions. Islam, um, let's let's go back over this. And um, I want to open the floor up too. If anyone has any uh, questions or any, any um, comments, any insight you would like to share, feel free to speak up. And uh, let's... Let's just go right on back up to the beginning. Um, so speaking about insufficiency, that's the insufficiency is the quality or state of being insufficient, especially moral or mental incompetence, deficiency, um, lacking in amount, inadequate, not enough. Okay. And then knowledge is the state or fact of knowing, speaking about facts, information, and skill acquired by a person through experience or study the sum of what has been perceived okay so the implication here then is that even with all this knowledge this um learning that has been acquired there's an insufficiency to it like it's it's lacking it's not enough okay and um we're just being reminded here too that once again there there is a higher purpose there's a there's a higher um there's a higher self of course but this all of the earthly information as important as it is right it's still not the be all end all and um we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago about the the five foes of man or the the inner thieves They're also referred to as the inner thieves because they rob you of your blessings when we dwell in those, when that's the only aspect of ourselves that we make decisions from, right? So um, the five inner thieves, they actually correspond with these five foes of man. Um, the five inner thieves are lust, wrath, greed, attachment, and ego or excessive pride. And um, that whole ego or excessive pride, that can be 
um, correlated to insufficiency of knowledge because we get puffed up in our own um, our own knowledge, right, or our understanding, you know, thinking of who we are, right, and that can lead to ego. And um, they call it five inner thieves because when we get wrapped up in this aspect of ourselves, our lower self, right, this can prevent us from truly reaching our or realizing our own um, potential. Okay, and then we're giving examples throughout this chapter of what this is, um, how this can affect us, right? And then how also in our, at a societal level, um, in our, um, our communities, how it affects us, how it keeps us from, from doing what's right and actually being successful, successful as a collective. Okay, so let's just go back up here. All right. And then once again, the five uh, foes of man um, in the Quran from chapters uh, 40 through 44, that's inconstancy, weakness, the insufficiency of knowledge and in misery. All right. But I'm just uh, going to the first verse, right? Speaking about the attainment of knowledge, something that we attain, you know, through physical means, right? Like, is there anything, um, if there's anything desirable, right? Anything worthy of praise? Is it not knowledge? And that's just the common understanding, right? That, of course, this is something that we all want to attain to. But again, once again, it's implied that even at the attainment of knowledge, it's not good enough, right? And so, you know, coming from a spiritual perspective, obviously, an understanding of our connection to Allah, right? This is something that would be greater than that. And then we're giving examples, the statesman proclaimeth that he hath it, right? The, the rulers, the ruler of the people claimeth the praise of it. But they're, they're obviously, it's, it's all a front. It's just a show. And we can see that in the fruits of their labor, right? Right, they claim it. That, that that means to assert and demand the recognition recognition of it, but it's not truly praised. Right, evil is not requisite to man. Neither can vice uh, be necessary to be tolerated. Yet, how many evils are permitted by the connivance of the laws? How many crimes committed by the decree of the council? Um, connivance is basically. Um, tacit like unspoken in encouragement right when when they're they're given the go-ahead to do it you know covertly okay and then but be wise O ruler and learn O thou that art to command the nations one crime authorized by thee is worse than the escape of 10 from punishment Okay, and um, we all see this being played out just within society. Okay, and it, it, it looks like there's no, there's no, um, nothing being done to, to correct these actions, right? It's, it's just taking place. And it, um, the, the, the rulers, the people that we place in power or however they got into power, right? 
One crime authorized by thee is worse than the escape of 10 from punishment. So it doesn't matter how things look. There is punishment for this right there. Going to have to answer to somebody. Everyone does. All right. Um, Just moving forward. Down at uh, verse seven, saith thou that justice cannot be executed without wrong. Surely thine own words condemn thee, right? So this is um, using our own words as the reasons for for convicting someone or for censoring someone, all right? And then um, on to the next chapter, thou who flattereth with false hopes, the criminal that he may confess his guilt, Art not thou unto him a criminal? Art thou guiltless because he cannot punish it? And um, this is pretty much how the justice system works. Um, You know, they offer people a plea deal or some kind of, you know, um, way of maybe lessening their sentence in order to admit to something else, right? But, you know, where it says that to um, give them false hopes that the criminal to the uh that the criminal may confess his guilt that's misleading them right misleading them you know with the intent of never carrying out an, an agreement they they're not actually intending to you know to follow through on whatever's being offered right they just need to get a conviction get somebody to admit to something all right and this is pretty much how this the system works All right. And everybody that takes part in it, they know and they just go along with it. Um, But once again, we're reminded that nobody truly escapes the punishment. When thou commandest to the to the torture him whom is suspected of ill, dareth thou to remember that thou mayest rack the innocent. And when they're commanding to the torture, commandest to the torture, they're given the order, right? Somebody in a position of authority, right? Some rulers given the order to torture someone, you know, to, and the torture may not, you know, be necessarily physical, but, you know, when you're, um, when you're putting someone in under tremendous um, mental anguish or whatever, you know, to get them to reveal something, even if it's not the truth, right? It's just letting it be known. This is a sin, right? This is wrong. It it doesn't matter, you know, what they're telling themselves. And this is how the system works. And this is not being done just in the justice system, in the courtroom. These are things that we do to each other as well. Okay, on a, you know, on a daily basis. Um, Islam. Moving on down here to the uh, verse 12, right? Speaking again on the insufficiency of wisdom, right? Oh, blindness to all truth. Oh, insufficiency of the wisdom of the wise. Know why thy judge shall bid thee account for this, right? Thou shalt wish 10,000 guilty to have gone free rather than one innocent to stand forth against thee, right? And then speaking on the insufficient of the wisdom of the wise, right? This is meaning that no matter how much wisdom, you know, are the, the pretended wise have, 
right, or the learned men, they don't have true wisdom. Because if they did, right, their actions would be more honorable. So it doesn't matter what stations people have in life. It doesn't matter um, what titles they carry. They don't have true wisdom, right? The true light. So once again, just going back to the insufficiency of knowledge, it's not saying that, you know, we don't need to learn things. We don't need to have skills. It's just saying that true wisdom, right? We, you know, we need to be well-rounded for one. That's why we had the um, chart up here where we're showing um, what these various chapters are speaking about, giving us a more well-rounded view of ourselves, our true nature right? So to have true light, true understanding, you need to know of your higher self and lower self, how they intersect with each other, okay? And then also, right, from our perspective, um, in a more science temple of America, then we also have tools to, um, to help us to pattern ourselves to um, control our conduct. Right, we have the 12 step ladder with the metaphorical tools that we use to um, keep our thoughts on a higher plane. All right. And so then we're being told that, like, without this wisdom, everything that we do is in folly. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the station is. It doesn't matter how smart we think we are. It doesn't matter how many people patting us on the back you know, telling us you're doing a great job, you're smart, it doesn't matter, right? We have to work on subduing our lower nature because it creeps through all the time. And when we succumb to it, it's actually causing destruction, always. We know also in our um, Quran questionnaire, the lower self is traveling to and fro, seeking whom it may devour, and it truly is. And it's so subtle that even the actions that we're doing don't seem to be evil. They don't seem that bad, right? And that's how it works. That's how we wind up entrapped in, in or in, in, in um, situations that are unfavorable, right? It, it creeps through. It's so subtle you wouldn't know unless you understand your true nature. And so really that's what all of this is about. <clears throat> to get us to look at um, to look at things with a more well-rounded view on a daily basis, right? So looking at um, verse 15, right? If thou wouldest mount onto her throne, this is speaking about justice, right? And then justice is given a feminine principle, all right? Anybody have any um, ideas why it's given a feminine principle? Um, they always depict justice as a woman, it's blindfolded, right? Justice is blind. But if thou wouldest mount onto her throne, first bow thyself at her footstool. If thou wouldest arrive at the knowledge of her, first inform thyself to thine own ignorance. All right? And so one reason that's said, I was saying like, like in the courtrooms, you know, they tell you to, um, to presume people um, innocent, right? Everyone's presumed innocent, even though it doesn't always work like that because people come in with their own prejudices. Um, but um, 
this also applies to all of us on a regular basis, right? Not just in a courtroom. So when it's saying to inform thyself first of thine own ignorance, um, it's been said that the more that one knows, the less he actually knows, right? And so this is reminding us, right? Remember, these are divine instructions. This is reminding us to always humble ourselves, right? Accept our own ignorance if we're to gain true knowledge, right? We can't, yeah, we can't gain true knowledge. We can't truly attain justice either, right? If we can't humble ourselves, if we're puffed up in our own conceit, our own knowledge, right? Coming from your own learning, right? You already know what's going to happen. You already know the answer. So um, it's just a reminder. And this is, you know, how we are to approach things on a daily basis. Okay, so um, let's go down to uh, verse 17 to uh, the way to her is labor. Attention is the pilot that must conduct thee into her port. But weary not on the way, for when art arrived at her, the toil shall be to thee for pleasure. Okay, so um, attention is the pilot that must conduct thee into her port. So to be able to arrive at the knowledge of truth, we have to be attentive to what's going into us, to what's going into our own soul, to what we're taking in. Right, we have to um, stay away from, you know, negative, corrupt thoughts. Right, because um, if we if we're able to avoid these this type of thinking, then we can produce um, righteous thoughts. You know, then we can start to do things that lead to our own unfoldment. All right, so this is saying attention. So once again, to attention is the pilot that must conduct thee to a port. This is also, once again, why we have those tools, the same, um, that 12-step that ladder that was just up here, right? This isn't just something just to go over on Friday or Sunday, right? We're to internalize this, right? Remember when Jesus was metaphorically climbing the 12-step uh, the ladder, right? These are tools that we all must use on a daily basis, all right? And um, he, he, was, he was climbing that ladder, of course, with the carpenter's tools. So we must use those on a daily basis to make sure that we are um, drawing a circle around our own passions, around our own desires, making sure that our thoughts are within the bounds of righteousness. And so this is, again, just bringing that back to us, the attention. Attention is the pilot that must conduct thee into a port. So we want to be successful. We're really seeking truth. We must be always attentive. Attentive to what? Our own thoughts. Why? Because we know that we have a dual nature. What does that mean? We know that we have a carnal nature. Everyone does. Everyone that has a physical body has a carnal nature. All right? But we know also that what? Um, man is truth and falsehood strangely mixed. What is the falsehood? The carnal body. Why? Because the carnal body will die, will pass away. What is the truth? Truth is ought. Ought is a lie. Truth 
is spirit in man, spirit man. And spirit man is always one with the law, one with the creator. And so we must always, no matter where we're at, which is also why we must be wary too of the situations that we put ourselves in, because it may be kind of difficult to attune to your higher self if you're in the club. And especially if you're partaking in drugs and, and alcohol and all these other things, I'm not trying to knock, you know, make anybody feel bad or anything. It's just like, it, it might be a little difficult, right? But this is saying that no matter where you're at, you could be driving down the highway, somebody could cut you off. There could be all types of situations that play out where we must attune to our higher nature at all times, right? And so we must use those same carpenter tools that Jesus was carrying, right? On a daily basis to square our own thoughts off, to to, um, make sure that our own thoughts are attuning to a higher nature, why we want to raise our own vibration, okay? And so this is not this is something to use on a daily basis. So once again, that's just a reminder, right? The way to her is labor. Attention is the pilot that must conduct the into her port. So we cannot forget that. That's something that we have to apply on a regular basis, right? It's not just Sunday, not just Friday, not just, you know, one day of the week or on some holiday or something like that, right? This is every day, all the time, right? And um see uh just once again we have reminders throughout this chapter just um of what we must attune to right the higher nature and then giving us examples of what happens when we don't do this so um in the beginning we're giving an example of the people who are always proclaiming that they have knowledge. And um, on that note, I'm, I'm going to return to that. I see a hand raised. Um, Islam, sister, I yield the floor. Islam, happy holy day. Um, first and foremost, I'd like to rise and give perfect praise to our Father God, Allah, honor to his prophet, Noble Drali, and all of Allah's prophets that came before us. Honors to all you Muslims in attendance and honors to everything Moorish. I just want to add, like, um, that our truth it's what leads us to our purpose in life. It brings us happiness and peace, right? When we are in the world and we're worried, you know, with all the cares of this world, it brings us fear. We live in fear and in constant chaos. And we deal with the five foes of man a whole lot more when we don't know who we are. And in our everyday lives, we suffer by not knowing these lessons. But when we learn to go within and when we learn who we are, where we come from, and our true connection to our God, we will be able to find peace. And that's why I'm so thankful for these lessons because, you know, I I came from the hood. You know, I had uneducated parents. You know, we didn't get this information passed down to us and it was on purpose. It's not because my parents were good people. They just fell victim to the program, to the system that was created to bring our people down. And, you know, then they had children and they raised us with the best of knowledge that they had. 
and that always you know had us start off at zero as a people because we're not taught these the science of mating the science of you know of business we're not taught to create we're taught to work for others right we're taught to come in and go up under someone and make them rich instead of creating our own and building our own for our family and our generational wealth so i'm so grateful for these lessons because year after year i'm becoming a better person i'm understanding not only who i am but my purpose and i'm finding my peace islam i yield the floor all right islam sister and gratitude gratitude for sharing all right so um just going back into this um hang on more going back in here so uh just out the gate um what people are always proclaiming that they have knowledge right that's the leaders and those who want to be leaders okay but it doesn't matter what stations people have in life or what titles they claim right you can always tell if people truly have knowledge by the maintenance of justice by their which means by their actions all right and um we're given the, the steps like the first step to truly attaining knowledge is to do what? We just went over that. What's the first step to actually attaining knowledge? I believe that was in verse 15. We first have to inform ourselves of our own ignorance. Okay? Chapter 15, I mean, verse 15, sorry right? So we have to inform ourselves. We have to be aware of our own ignorance. And then, okay, then we're given the steps. The way to her is labor. Attention is the pilot that must conduct the into our port. So first we inform ourselves of our own ignorance, like being, you know, humble, understanding that, and then labor, attention, and consistency right, in applying these lessons, all right, and this is how Moorish Americans become aware of our own insufficiency of knowledge, right, and then this is through our religion, which is Islamism, okay, and now I'm just going back to religion, religion is a pursuit or interest to which someone ascribes supreme importance, so for us, Subduing our lower self is of supreme importance to us. It's so important that it's, you know, we're given these divine instructions that we apply on a daily basis, right? This is a way of life for us. So um, we're not supposed to be walking contradictions, right? It's not okay for a Moorish American to be out here robbing someone, you know, or selling drugs or doing anything that's heinous um you know we can't just put a jesus piece around our neck or a cross around your neck you know and act like you're cool even though you know we're not living right right you got children you're not taking care of or something like that like we we have to always always do the work right and um 
So um, once again, like for us, right through our religion, right, uh, a, a main, a huge importance to us or of supreme importance to us is subduing our lower self, right? And remember that the word religion, this is coming from Latin. When you look at the etymology of that, that means to tie or to bind together or to tie back, bind back to one's re, um, origins. All right, so we're tying ourselves back to our spiritual origin. So it's, for us, there's two portions to that because we're tying, we're binding ourselves back to our spiritual origin, which is Allah, the creator. Spirit man is always one with Allah. But Allah planted himself within us as a seed deep within the flesh. So it's not good enough to just tell you that, oh, yeah, God is in you, right? That's in the Bible. Um, it's in the Old Testament where God says, ye are all, ye are all gods. And then it's in the New Testament when Jesus is being persecuted and he says, uh, no, does not say, does it not say in the text, ye are all sons of the most high, right? Right, so that's in there, but it's not good enough just to know that. Now we must actually do the work to subdue the flesh, right? To align with this higher portion, this spirit within us. And that's not, that might be a little hard. That's the, that's the portion that a lot of people don't want to hear. They don't really want to do that. Want to think that, oh, I could just, you know, say that I repent and I'm good. <laughs> it's like, no, you're actually going to have to do some work. Um, I see another hand raise, Islam. Islam haven't already risen. I wanted to add to that what you were saying, brother, because um, it's it's a lot of us out here who it's not because we don't want to do the work. It's a lot that it wasn't it wasn't taught to us, so we don't know what to do. You know, as uh, Christians, you know, we all was raised up in the church. You know, like a lot of people who go to church have never really read the full Bible and understood what they were reading. And so you go to church and you just listen to to the word of, of that day. And, you know, the preacher preaches and he puts on, you know, a, a nice show to keep everyone's attention. But after you leave, that, that that's it. You don't really have nothing to bring home to really understand how to apply this to your everyday life as far as making it um, a, a way of life, you know, as um, on a spiritual level, because we do know to be, to be good, love your neighbor, you know, not, not to be out here foul and savage, but as far as like the spiritual work, like the lessons that we're getting now, you know, a, a lot of these lessons are, are hidden and it's uh, on purpose, uh, not taught to the people because, um, Another thing, religion is a form of control. So if, if the people, if everybody has the power and they all understand these lessons and everybody is on the level of the Christ, right? Is everybody's living Christ-like? Well, there's no reason for, you know, the justice system. There's no reason for, you know, the Bell's bondsmen and all these little jobs that they made for each other you know for everybody to get paid there's no reason for that so right there their form of money making you know it's all economics their form of money making it, it wouldn't exist so they won't be able to make money off of us being criminals and they won't get that free labor from us going to the prisons 
And so of course they don't want us to, to be out here and be putting our best foot forward because then they won't have a slave class that they could take advantage of. Islam? All right, Islam sister. And yeah, I'm glad you said that because um, when you really, really look at it, the entire system is built off of feeding the lower self, okay? And, and as the sister said, so you have entire um, um, systems, all these different offices that are set up to profit, to make money off of us not being able to maintain justice, as it says in um, chapter 13, at a, at a personal level. Insufficient as thou art to the maintenance of justice, how shalt thou arrive at the knowledge of truth? How shalt thou ascend to the footstep of her throne? So the maintenance of justice is the upkeep. That's the perseverance or maintaining justice and a continuance of righteousness, right? Just, just living, being righteous, doing what is right, okay? And we're insufficient at it. Not because we're, you know, as they told us, or at least as they told me that I was born in sin. And they didn't just tell me that, like saying like, oh, you're a devil, you was born in sin. They, they told me that all of us were born in sin, right? That's what I learned. All right, but then coming in to um to our true religion, right? In Islam or Islamism, learning that no, we're not born in sin, right? Allah created us all and planted himself within us all, and we all have the perfect capabilities to reach our highest potential. It's on us whether or not we do that, whether we succumb to our lower nature or not. So now knowing this, okay, we, we don't have to live these unrighteous lives, okay? But as the sister said, if we don't have this knowledge, if we don't have this understanding and don't apply these lessons, we cannot do it. And no one else is going to do this for us, right? No one else is going to deliver you, all right? This is the only way. So we must put this understanding into practice on a regular basis. And yes, this will change the entire system because everything is built off of you and me not doing this work at a personal level, right? So like sister said, it creates all these jobs and things for other people just based off of us messing up, okay? And um, that's, that's not the only way to live. There's a better way, but no one's gonna show us. We have to show the way. We have to do the work, all right? Um, because this this is the only way. No one else is going to do it if we don't do it, if we don't step up to the plate. All right. And on, on that note, though, I um, want to go ahead and, and start to close things out. Um, I know many of us are, are fasting right now. So let's go ahead and um, go into the closing of the meeting. Um, before we do, though, I do want to open up the floor to questions and comments. Does anybody, if anybody has anything they would like to share or any questions, feel free to ask. Islam. All right, Islam, Brother Jackson Bassey. Islam, uh, peace and love, y'all. My mother had wrote down some questions, um, so she stepped away. So I'm just going to ask the questions. I'm going to let her hit a um, court and later on, either tomorrow or tonight. So um, can you hear me? Islam, we can hear you. The first question my mother had was, why is Dua Ali a prophet? 
Okay, Islam. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so just to answer that first, I would go to the Bible. All right. Um, Deuteronomy 1818. Okay, let's let's go ahead and bring that up. Deuteronomy 1818. Okay, so um, yeah, we're going into the Bible, then we're going to give some um, examples from the Quran, but in the Bible, um, We'll go to the King James Version. Deuteronomy 18, 18 says, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. Okay, so this is saying, um, this is Allah, this is God speaking to the people, letting them know he will raise up a prophet from amongst their brethren, meaning the, of their bloodline, right? Their brothers, one of them, right, like unto thee, meaning he's been through what they've been through. He understands them, will put his words in his mouth, meaning this prophet is going to speak the divine instructions from God, from the creator. And he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. So this is saying that um, the creator is giving a precedent. Like he's going to raise a prophet from amongst those people, and he's going to give him divine instructions. And the prophet is going to give those divine instructions to the people, meaning his own nature, right? Like, like for us, for example, we, we might say, oh, I'm not going to do that. That's too hard, right? But the prophet, he's going to give the creator's instructions, whether it's going to make his life more difficult or not. He's going to do it, right? He's going to adhere to it where we have free will and we're like, nah, you know, you, you might or might not do it. Islam, I see a uh, hand raised. Islam, sister. Islam, to add to that, um, God sends a prophet to all people that are, um, how can I say this, that are living like hardship. So there's so many prophets. They only really teach us like about Jesus as, as the prophet and, you know, make it like, there cannot be other prophets, but there are so many prophets in every holy book that we don't really think of as prophets because, you know, we're all taught and about the Jesus story. And so in our heads, it's like, well, if it's not Jesus, it's not a prophet or, you know, Jesus is the best prophet. And that's the only prophet that we, you know, got to think about all the time. But a prophet is sent to the people when they are in need of the good news and when they need you know um the upliftment because they are feeling so low that they forget about about god so that's when the people really get a prophet sent down to just deliver the message and to just remind them that we are loved and there is hope and show us the way to obtain, you know, peace and happiness, no matter what's going on in the world, Islam. All right, Islam, sister, and gratitude for sharing that. And um, to to um, just to go back to this and to why we would need a prophet, and um, why Noble Drew Ali is a prophet to us, 
Um, this, this measure is from the Bible, 1818 in Deuteronomy. I will raise up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. That's in the Quran, too. Um, I've seen that in the Quran one, two, three, four, five, six times. It's in Surah 3, Ayat 164. Um, it, it all pretty much says the same thing. Um, he has sent a, pro- a messenger from amongst them. This is a prophet who conveys and implements the revelations of Allah. Allah. He shows them the way to grow in humanity and teaches them the book of wisdom therein. Before the messenger came to them, they were in flagrant error. Okay, and this is what it says across the board throughout the Quran over and over again. For we assuredly sent amongst every people a messenger with the command, serve Allah and eschew evil. Okay, so um, he sends a prophet to a people who are in flagrant error. Now, many people may look at us and think, well, we're not in flagrant error. You know, there's nothing wrong with the so-called black community. I mean, I don't know who would think that, but, you know, some people may not really see anything wrong. All right. But I'll give you one example. So um, as the sister said, there's been many prophets throughout time. Tecumseh, um, a a Native uh, American or indigenous American from this area, from the Ohio area, he had a a brother who was seen by their people as a prophet, Tenskwatawa. And Tenskwatawa's people were obviously losing their land to the colonizers from Europe. They were coming encroaching on their land, taking it from them, killing them, and also coming with a peaceful message that was um, that wouldn't have seemed like an attack, but it was. They were getting them to take on their ways, to take on their culture, to take on their religion, and to take on their alcohol, their liquor, right, their bad habits, Right, so that they could get lost in their own lower self. And Tenskwatawa, okay, Tecumseh's brother was a prophet. He he went from having the alcohol problem, getting caught up in that um, aspect, into having a spiritual revelation that caused him to stop drinking and to go and to start teaching his people to return to their own ways. To say we don't need to take on this religion of our colonizers. We need to go back to our own ways. We need to stop drinking alcohol and doing all of these things they have set up so that we're weak and so that we, you know, so that they can rule over us. And so that was his message to the people to return to their own ways, to follow their spiritual ways so that they could be successful. And um, he came to his people. Like, if you look at what the Bible and the Quran says, he was a prophet. He was from amongst them, right? And he was giving them a spiritual message from God telling them to leave these evil things alone, you know, stop getting drunk, stop following their ways, the ways of the Europeans. And this is what happened with us, um, Moorish Americans, the so-called Black people, African-American colored, Negro, okay? These are people who were stripped of their identity, stripped of their own spirituality, their own religion, stripped of their names, in some cases, children taken away, sold to other families, you know, the whole slavery thing, right? And then on top of that, the name that they saddled on us, Negro, maybe unbeknownst to some of us, they described these, this term in law as a permanent slave class. So if we weren't aware of the laws that were getting passed, 
that didn't because that didn't um exclude us from the fallout from the laws for example like ignorance of the law it doesn't that doesn't mean that you get away with breaking the law it it doesn't work like that so when they created things like the negro act they basically described anyone who was dark-skinned look like us as a descendant of slaves from africa and they created a permanent slave class across the board and then they started to rewrite the history books and everything to make it where anyone who looked like us was a slave and so this was done and um they did a lot of heinous things to remove us to destroy our culture to get us in the place where we're at now, where we don't even really know who we are, or where we came from. That's why a prophet had, to, that's why uh, through Allah's mercy, a prophet was raised up from amongst us, like unto us. This is why Allah put his words into his mouth so that he could deliver divine instructions with us so that, or for us to get right, to get back with Allah, uh, within, within, um, within our own holy covenant, our divine covenant with God. What's the divine covenant? It's to honor thy forefathers and foremothers so that thy days upon the earthland shall be long. So this divine covenant also is mentioned in the Bible. All right, so we're, we're going back to our own ways because this other stuff we've been doing, it hasn't worked for us. All right, and that's why Noble Drew Ali is a prophet. He came with divine instructions from the creator to help us to, to, um, to return to um, our own nature, right? And to get back in alignment with God, with Allah. And uh, that's why the prophet, that's why Noble Drew Ali is a prophet. Islam, um, I see the sister. Uh, did you have your hand raised? Islam, yes, I did. Um, that was very well put. I wanted to add um, a little bit to that. Just um, my portion of understanding, like the the Prophet Noble Drali and what he what he came to do, um, because he was born in the late 1800s in the South, in North Carolina, and in that time, there was horrible things being done to our people. Um, like some of the things that you said, you know, there was lynchings. He, he, you know, more than likely as a child would be, and as an adult would be walking around and seeing, you know, terrible acts of terrorists, racism, lynchings, you know, burning downs of homes, churches, you know, all, everything that, that they showed us, but, you know, not watching it on the screen, actually living it. So it was like a war zone. And, um, you know, he had a divine spirit that was seated within him to actually do something about these things that he was witnessing um, in his lifetime. And definitely he was ahead of his time because now fast forwarding to the present, you know, we learn about all those things and we're still affected by those things that happened in the past and it is still happening. It's just being done, you know, in, in different ways. And um, 
what he did was he seen the system and he seen the direction it was going in for our people and the reclassification of us being, you know, Native Americans and having our own identity and nationality and our customs and traditions and religion, they were taking that and giving us Christianity, forcing Christianity on us, not just, we didn't just accept it because we were happy with our own ways of life because it worked for us. So it was forced upon us. And like the brother said, you know, they were killing and, you know, raping and robbing and, and taking our children. And it was just a horrible time. And so he's seen that and he created a system within the system that already existed legally and lawfully that were respect that was respected. And he found the loopholes into taking us from that to being reclassified, well, not reclassified, but coming back to who we are and not under the classism of Negroes, Black, color folks, or whatever they choose to rename us as, you know, African-American now. Nobody else's name changes if you pay attention to the timeline. Everybody else stays Chinese, Indian, Russian, but, but the, the Negroes, you know, the African-American, we, we, we get our names changed every so often, which does not make any sense. And the reason for that is because that is all those names are not a nationality. And without a nationality, we do not have any representation in the government. And without representation in the government, you are not a true people from with an origin. And that is so important. And these lessons taught us that. And now we can return back to a true people with an origin, with the culture. And we can, you know, live the life like everyone else with those rights and privileges, Islam. All right, Islam, sister. And yeah, I'm glad you said that. So, um, you know, it's important to understand that the, the prophet Noble Drew Ali was born here in 1886 in the state of North Carolina. Okay. And um, the duty of a prophet is to save nations from the wrath of Allah. So um, with him being born in 1886, as she said, he witnessed lynchings. He witnessed the, the treachery that was going on. He understood it. And then instead of coming at us and saying, oh, it's their fault, it's, he came at us and showed us how to get out of this by improving ourselves, by connecting to Allah, to our higher nature, okay? And um, those terms like Negro and things like that aren't old and played out. They're still in effect in this day and age, whether we realize it or not. Um, if you look at the um, racial or ethnic classifications for people in the United States of America, right? This federal form, S SF uh, standard form 181, it speaks on the different ethnic categories for um, federal statistics and program administrative reporting. Everyone listed is connected to an original people, 
except for black people. That is why we're still out here marching when somebody, when one of us gets killed and the person who does it doesn't even go to jail. They don't even go to prison. All right, because we're still subhuman. Okay, everyone is connected to an original people. It's not an accident. At this day and age, you would think they would feel like there would be some kind of pushback from them not correcting this, this wording. They don't feel like there's any pushback because they created this slave caste and we're still in there. And nobody else is going to point this out. Nobody else is going to do anything about it except for us. All right, this is why we needed a prophet. We didn't even realize how deep, how twisted and disgusting this situation is. All right, so yeah, American Indians, Alaska Natives, original peoples of North America, Asian or Pacific Island, original peoples of the Far East, right? Uh, white, a person having origins in any of the original people of Europe, North Africa, or the Middle East, then you go back to Black. That's a person having origins in any of the Black racial groups of Africa, right? That's not an accident. That's not a mistake. We're the only ones on there not to co connect it to any original people because Black people aren't real. That was something. We were never Black people. That's something that they created to rule over, okay? And so the prophet came to correct this, this error in our own thinking and going along with this. All we have to do is declare who we are and now do the work to, to uncorrect these years and decades and even centuries of programming, right, slave mindset that we have. We have to come in and undo that and declare who we are and actually be that. And by doing that, we will come into our own salvation, our own, our divine covenant with the creator. All right, then no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. All right, but we have to come into the armor and protection of the creator, of Allah. And on that note, that is why we needed a prophet. That's why we have a prophet. And that's why a prophet had to be one of us. It couldn't be some foreigner. It definitely couldn't be some European because they were coming to kill us and to take our land, right? To get us to take on their religion. That didn't work for us. We took on their religion and we have neighborhoods that we don't even control or we're drinking and doing all types of stuff, right? And still considering ourselves Christians and don't see the contradiction in any of that. So it didn't work for us. And that's why we needed a prophet. The prophet comes to save you from the wrath of Allah, right? As that, that quote that I was reaching, uh, reading from the Quran in um, chapter three, verse 164, the people were in severe error, right? And so this is what happened with us, whether we realized it or not. And this is why we needed a prophet. And this is why we have a prophet, right? The, the people were in flagrant error before the messenger came to them. And we definitely were in flagrant error. We still are in flagrant error now in 2022. And on that note, um, I yield the floor. Does anyone else have any questions or any comments? Or did you, did you have any other questions, Brother Jason Bay? Hey, my mom, uh, I told my mom that everybody asked. Um, she said she could hold her until um, Sunday. Um, just to be courteous to everybody else. So, you know.
Okay, Islam, does anyone else have any uh, questions or comments? All right, um, okay, so one announce without further ado, we're going into the closing of the meeting. Uh, let's see. All right, all meetings are to be open and closed promptly according to the circle seven in love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. We ask that everyone please rise and face the east for the closing prayer. We always stand facing the east with our heels together, feet at a 45 degree angle and holding up two fingers on the right, five on the left. You do not need to repeat after me. Allah, bind our hearts and minds back to our ancient forefathers, divine creed and principles. We ask this in thy holy name and the seven Elohim, amen. Islam, Islam, Islamism, peace and love, Moors, happy holy day. This meeting is now adjourned. Islam, praise Allah, happy holy day, Ramadan Mubarak.